0: This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 f.m. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868 That's 357-5868 Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen your morning drive just got a whole lot better good morning america here's tom anderson Good morning, everybody. Six
1: minutes after the hour. Happy Thursday. Happy cloudy Thursday. Boy, the weather reporters were correct on that one. They said it's going to be a glorious sunny day Wednesday, and then it's going to revert back to rain. Tom, they had it down. Good morning. How are you, sir?
2: Hey, I am doing all right, and I took advantage of that sun yesterday. did two passes on my yard. Oh, uh, man. I hope it holds. the rain holds off until late this afternoon, because I do need to do a third pass to really get it cleaned up good.
1: To get it rocking and rolling. Yeah.
2: Oh, boy. So then it becomes the debate, is that the last time for the year, you You know, know, as far as the mowing?
1: When you were out, Stephen found a clip for me from Alaska News Source, and it had to do with fireweed and Mm. folklore and traditions, and when... The indigenous predicted the snow would come, and, and they talked about the fact that we could have a heavy snowfall this year based on not just meteorological reports, but the folklore and fauna happenings right now. And I'm thinking to myself, please, no.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking we need to work on ways to start off our segments happier because talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. snow. <laughs>
3: <That's> right, <yeah. laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah.
1: Uh, if it if it comes early, my prediction is a, a true snow won't come until probably Halloween, like always. Yeah, I mean we've never had it come a lot earlier and stay, to my recollection. I, I can deal with snow in November. I would, prefer not to be in October. Are you the same way? I mean November is a good time to have snow
2: come. Yeah, I like to get. Th- I mean, it's always nice when we can get through October. feels like we accomplished something. So. When will
1: you put your Christmas stuff up? I told you I'm thinking about right after Halloween to, to literally do it that early.
2: The For outdoors? Indoors. Like oh, indoors? Like Christmas tree. I'm thinking
1: I, early November for me, not after Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, traditionally, we wait until Thanksgiving Day, and that kind of fills our Thanksgiving Day as we're putting up uh, Christmas decorations as we're watching football. Nice. So.
1: That's a good tradition.
2: Yeah for sure
1: well you said let's perk it up let's get into something fun and happy and that's cold war and the history of russian and U.S. prisoner
4: swaps
1: (laughs) (laughs) i found this clip on national public radio we'll get into news there's all sorts of stuff on trump and on alaska politics i promise but this was a fascinating story uh kind of a twist in u.s russia Prisoner swaps, the Cold War, all the way up to Brittany Griner right now. So let's listen to at least part of, if not all, of NPR's Greg Meyer.
5: work out a prisoner swap that involves basketball star Brittany Griner and at least one other American. Washington and Moscow have a history of these kinds of exchanges, but as NPR's Greg Myrie reports, past deals almost always involved trading spies and alleged spies.
0: We're looking at some photographs of Francis Gary Powers, who was is a U-2 pilot. He In a darkened exhibit League.
5: hall at the International the Spy League. Museum, Director Chris Costa talks about the most dramatic prisoner swap ever between the U.S. and the Russians. In 1960, Francis Gary Powers was working for the CIA, flying a U-2 spy plane 70,000 feet above the Soviet Union when he was shot down. At that time, the U.S. had limited human intelligence from the ground. So we had
0: spies in terms of aircraft that could uh, take pictures of the
5: Soviet Union. The Americans didn't think the Soviets could shoot down a plane at that altitude, but they did. And the Americans didn't expect a pilot to survive an ejection from that height, but he did.
6: When my father was shot down, uh, there was all sorts of misinformation, fake news being published as to how he was captured.
5: Francis Gary Powers Jr. is the son of the pilot.
6: They thought sabotage, they thought uh, pilot error, they thought flame out or descent. Uh,
5: they thought UFO encounter. A couple years earlier, the Americans had convicted a Soviet spy, Rudolf Abel. He had pretended to be a photographer in Brooklyn, but was secretly passing along coded messages stuffed inside hollow coins. The U.S. and Soviet governments each feared their own spy would spill secrets while being interrogated by the adversary.
6: Our governments wanted to get them back to be debriefed to find out what happened. How did you get caught? Do the Soviets have the missile technology to shoot down the U-2? Was it a flame out? Meanwhile, on the Soviet side, they wanted to debrief Rudolf Abel to find out how he got caught so that they could improve their intelligence systems in the future.
5: Director Steven Spielberg turned the story into a movie in 2015 called Bridge of Spies. Tom Hanks plays the American lawyer at the center of the negotiations. Early on, he argues that the convicted Soviet spy shouldn't be put to death because... It is possible that in the foreseeable future, an American of equivalent rank might be captured by Soviet Russia. We might want to have someone to trade. That would turn out to be Francis Gary Powers. Still, Powers would be held for nearly two years. Already difficult negotiations were further complicated by U.S. insistence that a second American detainee be released, a student held in communist East Germany. A deal was eventually struck, but then, and now, the negotiations are difficult, says Powers. It needs to be with
6: finesse regardless of whether it's a public exchange and a media hype, or if it's behind the scenes uh, with diplomatic uh, negotiations.
5: Today, the Biden administration is seeking the return of two Americans it says are wrongfully detained. Brittany Greiner is the WNBA star detained in February. She's pleaded guilty to having hashish oil in her luggage. Paul Whelan, a former Marine who traveled openly to Russia for years, has been jailed since 2019. In a secret trial, a Russian court convicted him of espionage, a charge he denies. The U.S. appears willing to offer in return Victor Boot, a notorious arms smuggler serving a 25-year sentence in Illinois. Russian leader Vladimir Putin is sure to drive a tough bargain. is not easy to deal with. Oleg Kalugin is a former Russian spy, and he was once Putin's boss, when Putin was a young intelligence officer. Putin is sly, smart, (laughs) and he manipulates people and circumstances if he can, as, as long as they play in accordance with his interests. Kalugin, who's 88, left Russia decades ago and now lives in suburban Washington. He wasn't much impressed with Putin back then, now... They really don't care for each other. He called me a traitor, and I called him a war criminal. <laughs> Spy swaps are likely to remain a fixture in U.S.-Russia relations. What's changing is the growing number of private... Yeah, businesses. and, you know,
1: it, the, the story ends there, thanks to NPR. It, isn't it fascinating, though, and Tom Hanks playing that role, uh, a real role of somebody that said, maybe we should keep these birds in the in the cage because we might want to swap them out now we're seeing that come to fruition today and it's happened in the past and i, I do think it's of note i wouldn't travel to russia anytime soon or ukraine unless you're fighting in a battle stay with us we're going to come right back lots more news rick whitbeck up at six or uh, at 7:33 talking about biden and natural resource development or lack thereof good morning tom anderson show we told them you were living downtown
0: this is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Inflation. Inflation declining is that good news is that
1: what you feel people out there party people do you feel that inflation is reducing do you think it's about time on a monthly basis prices in july did not budge a lick from june that's what morning brew reports yesterday's consumer price index showed this on an annual basis july prices last month did jump 8.5 percent a rate that's near 40 years high, but it's less than 9.1% from the spike in June, or in, Juneau, in June, I'm looking at two different articles here. Plumbing and gas prices put the put the, I guess, edge back for us. At one point in June, the national average for a gallon of gas was $5. Now, after 57 straight days of declines, I just got my gas filled two days ago. I noticed that it's definitely gone down. Nationally, Tom, it's hovering around four bucks, still higher than last year's prices. Economists don't typically include gas prices when they evaluate underlying inflation and and what causes it because gas is so volatile per gallon. A better indicator is what's called the core CPI. Now that strips out energy and it also strips out food costs. The good news is if you follow these things core c p i is looking better, looking more vibrant, looking healthier. It increased by point three percent in July, much lower than point seven percent in June, so I don't know i it seems like things are getting better. It's hard to tell inflation might be coming down you know from its its peak, <coughs> but as anyone who's heard the pilots say we've begun our initial descent, (laughs) you know, that can be Morning Brew uses that analogy. It can be 40 minutes of that descent. It's not instantly. So I love Morning Brew's shtick on on these various topics. Despite easing up 8.5% inflation is nobody's idea really of a healthy price growth. Morning Brew reminds Americans are still seeing it. I mean, all of our income Our incomes are getting eaten away by costs and by the expense of things. Great example. Right now, it's still not the perfect time to purchase a new or used vehicle. That's my opinion. And then average hourly earnings when adjusted for inflation fell 3% in July from last year. The feds are probably going to continue to increase interest rates. They want to cool the economy, but. Given yesterday's inflation report on Wednesday, the rate hikes might be smaller than we were predicting or envisioned. So think about it. Be careful how much you spend. Tom, you know that I invested in Netflix and I -hmm. I like to dabble in stock talk every once in a while. Netflix is at just under $244. I bought it at 190.
5: I've made a lot of money. Good for you, man.
1: <laughs> I, I, I predicted it's going to keep going up. But here's something that I don't like. Get this. For all you Disney Plus viewers out there, Disney now has 221.1 million subscribers across its streaming platforms globally. Guess what, Tom? Hmm. By 1 million, actually by... By three hundred thousand, it just passed Netflix
5: ooh, yeah,
1: Disney posted impressive subscriber growth last quarter, adding just under fourteen point five million to Disney plus and it announced a price hike across its streaming products in the u s so now Netflix apparently you know they're trying to look at sales and they're looking at i mean it's a big competition they're looking at sales meaning to sell ads on their platform, Netflix reported that 220.67 million total global subscribers after losing almost 1 million for the last three months. Disney's numbers include Disney Plus, ESPN, and Hulu, including live TV. So it's a little unfair, I feel, to compare. Don't you feel, Tom, the same way? Because Disney Plus is 152 million to Netflix is two hundred and twenty. Netflix is still seventy million higher in subscribers than Disney Plus, but Disney Plus purchased all these others, Hulu and ESPN, and they toss that in. So I don't know, I just think that's an unfair and, and it's not an apples to apples comparison. Disney will shed some subscribers down the line after losing a bidding war for streaming cricket rights in India where a big chunk of Disney Plus subscribers are based. Remember that you, all of you out there and me, we watch The Mandalorian or we watch Boba Fett or we watch Avengers or we watch, you know, other Star Wars series on Disney Plus, whatever floats your boat. But but we're not in total the lion's share. There, there are foreign folks that are like in India that are using Disney Plus as well. Netflix is the established leader. We all know that. set off a wave of jitters with that unexpected loss of 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of this year. And, you know, it said it may lose as many as 2 million. I don't know about that. It was saved in part by the fourth season of Stranger Things, which was released in May. I will bet that with ad streaming platforms coming into play Netflix is going to make some money. It is. And and you know what? Disney and Netflix are both up in the stock exchange. So don't pick on them too much. Trump, by the way, hasn't weighed in on this. And he he hasn't weighed in. I was looking way back when he was interested in investing in one of these and did not so. He's in the news, and not because of Mar-a-Lago, because yesterday he refused to answer New York Attorney General Letitia James's questions in a civil investigation into his real estate businesses. I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question, the former president said. Trump's decision to keep mum was likely because of a parallel criminal probe in Manhattan, but the New York cases, apparently they're separate from the one that prompted the recent FBI search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, oh, man, he's getting nailed, Tom. Mm-hmm. Th- those are just three examples. Jeez, I would not want to be him. Yeah. He may have, uh, as Kevin McCabe and I were talking yesterday, and Kevin was talking he used the phrase i've got broad shoulders and trump does too but and and kevin was speaking of himself and and trump does too and i will tell you that this is a lot of haymakers that this this adds up to a lot of attacks at one time on someone from criminal to civil i wouldn't want to be him i also wouldn't want to be russia Ukraine claims nine Russian warplanes were destroyed on an airbase in Crimea as part of, they called it an ambitious attack carried out by Ukrainian special forces. This came to the Washington Post yesterday from an anonymous but deemed reliable source. After the attack, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the war really needs to end. It needs to end with liberation of the peninsula there, which Russia. An- when did they annex? I think eight years ago. I was going to say six, seven, eight years ago. It was 2014. Russia, meanwhile, what do you think they say? <laughs> they say we didn't lose any aircraft. Nothing's been damaged. Oh, there were explosions. Yeah, there was a violation of fire safety requirements. Uh, Even though there's a war and Ukraine's attacking us daily, no planes were harmed, brothers and sisters. We just had a small fire. One of our managers didn't follow protocol. (laughs) Yeah, right. Give me a break. (laughs) Oh, geez. I tell you, they they must have hired our Optima uh, public relations satellite office in Moscow for that. Oh, geez. I would not want to be Russia. I know that everyone's leaving Ukraine, but I really wouldn't, Tom. I think Ukraine is tenacious. I think Ukraine is persevering and they're, they're not going to uh, relent. And I think they're going to keep coming at Russia. I think Russia bit off more than it could chew, don't you? I mean, Ukrainians are basically Russians. It's like saying Taiwan and China. If you think Chinese are smart and ferocious and calculating, obviously Taiwanese are. They're the the same genetics, and I think it's the same with Ukraine and Russia, wouldn't you? If people think Russians are fierce and tough and aggressive, hey, Ukrainians are just as much or more, Mm -hmm. and they're the ones being attacked. So it's like the Civil War. You know, did we take lightly the South? Hell no, they almost beat us, and they were us. They were our cousins and brothers and sisters and neighbors, and they were definitely fighters, especially in the beginning of the Civil War. So I would compare it to that, and I think that Russia is going to find out that they don't want to be there, and they're going to have to pull back slowly. Do you see the same ending, Tom, for Russia either to stop or to stop and pull back at some point?
2: I would think so. I mean, you know, when they went into that thing, they thought they were going to steamroll that whole place. And uh, met a whole lot more resistance than they were certainly expecting, You know, which, of course, is discouraging. And, you know, like you're saying, I'm sure there's, you know, cousins and relatives across the lines and those kind of things. That doesn't do anything to motivate the Russian soldiers, you know, from no. continuing on hard. So Not at I, all. I'd say, you know, if you're Putin, I'd cut my losses and get out.
1: Yep. For sure. Do you hear the music, folks? That means we're going to go to a break. Phone lines will be open after Rick Whitbeck calls in Power of the Future. We're going to talk about a press release, speaking of media, a press release that they shot out this morning having to do with gas price, the lowering of it, no reason for a Biden victory lap. That's the title. And, and we'll talk to Rick why Biden's failed in ha- helping basically support natural resource development. And it's true. Stay with us. Rick Whitbeck next up. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Tom Anderson show. Right. Braces,
0: this is the Tom Anderson show broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Always a pleasure to have Rick
1: Whitbeck, the head of Power of the Future for Alaska, and along with Daniel Turner, who runs the show for the national perspective. Rick, you have been doing a lot of work over the last few weeks, I've noticed, with media alerts and press releases with, I guess you could say, updates and a narrative about Biden and the public not being misinformed. Like for instance, when the gas price goes down this morning, you said that Biden doesn't deserve a victory lap and people, you need to understand that he has, you may not have said this in, in this press release this morning, but the president is not a friend of natural resource development, responsible natural resource development. And, and any tick like in gas prices is not because of him. So let's talk about that. What, what, what prompted you guys to write that? Is it just to clarify so the public never misunderstands that President Biden is doing us no favors?
3: Well, first of all, appreciate the opportunity to come on because certainly it is not time for a victory lap for the Biden administration, Tom. I mean, certainly if you think about what gas prices were like sub $2 nationally on January 20th, last, uh, you know, 2021, so 18 months ago. We were looking at sub two dollars. Now the gas price is four dollars, almost five dollars a couple months ago. Like you said earlier in the show, you know fifty straight days of of uh, decreases nationally. But here's the thing, it's double what it was when he took office. And that's a direct reflection on two things. Number one, his absolute war on traditional energy, driven by um, eco groups, uh, so many of them operating here. You know, overtly and, and, and covertly in the state of Alaska to undermine our job space. Uh, and number two, it's driven by the fact that this president can't figure out the right policy to continue what was working under President Trump, which was energy dominance and energy independence. Instead, he's being led around, and I, and I literally say that, being led around by um, out of touch, out of mainstream voices that want to damage America's, uh, standing in the world. I truly believe that. And, and when gas prices fall under $4 and it's like, you know, mainstream media is like, oh, it's under $4. Well, it's really driven by two things. Number one, it's driven by the fact that there's a recession and people aren't traveling and people aren't spending money and they're not going on vacation. You know, the last three weeks before school starts is typically the second busiest time during the summer for families to travel. Yeah, AAA came out with a report uh 2 weeks ago that said that in their surveys, 18% of Americans canceled vacations altogether. Me too. This summer.
1: We canceled yeah. going. We had a big plan to see my relatives in Germany and to go to Norway, and I just got a late email from Icelandair saying we're going to give you back 150 of the of the 1500 it owed me for one of the smaller flights. Uh yeah, no, we canceled and it sucked. We lost some money from it.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, if you're worried and, – and, and the average American, Tom, is worried about their pocketbook.
1: Yeah. We they can't because safe... of the Ukrainian-Russian war, but but money was part sure. of it too, just all the problems there. No, agreed. I'm with you. Yeah, I By mean, the way, Biden you're... was in – Rick, Biden was in the U.S. Senate how long? Like 40 years. Forty And, and 40 then he years. was under, yeah, under Barack Obama from, what, 2009 to like 16, 17. So, so he, he – and he's always been, he's been like a, I won't say like a mansion, but I mean, he was a moderate Republican, a, a trade right. union worker, working man and woman type. Right. Middle, or, class I mean, Joe. Democrat. So, so just let me super quick. The question is, and I know you can't speak for him, but as this moderate pro building trades Democrat, what happened? Did, did, did his suitors, did his kitchen cabinet get to him? Cause he was never really anti natural resource development that I remember until you
3: remember, you know, growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, he was the, you know, he was, he was all about steel and oil and gas and, and that economy driven by good union jobs. Right. But here's what happens. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. When you're running for president of the United States, unless you're Donald Trump, you have to be beholden to the people who are getting you there. And in this case, Uh, the climate movement, which I almost, which I call a near religion, you know, it's that whole mother earth over human uh, prosperity, wildlife over human life mentality was one of the leading groups helping Biden get elected. You got to pay the piper. And, And I think that the radicalization of Joe Biden has happened in part because Joe Biden needs them in order to continue to Prop up his presidency, which is failing at every level. And number two, they worked really, really hard to get a puppet in the White House, and now they get to pull the strings. And yeah. uh, you know, Joe Biden has undermined the opportunity for 10 million American energy workers to feel comfortable about the the jobs and the careers that they've chosen. There's not a traditional energy worker in America right now, not one who is better off today than they were January, 2021.
5: I
1: wonder, plain and simple. I wonder what Alaskans think about that and about the nexus between partisanship. For instance, Mary Peltola, who's a delight. She's very sweet, very kind. Oh, had amazing individual. Show. She's yeah. an amazing individual, but she's a Democrat. I don't support her obviously. I support Republicans and obviously you don't and obviously Tom doesn't. And and most of the listeners, if not all of them listening to this show, likely lean towards the Republican. I, I'm supporting Palin. There are folks that listen that supporting Bagic, but I you know, I can't support Peltola other than she's a friend and I like her. But that said, why wouldn't people say, Oh my gosh, look at what Biden's doing. Peltola's Mary's part of that team, nice or not, and I just can't go for her. And yet what's going to happen, Rick, on Tuesday is you're going to see 37, 38, 39, 40 percent that lean, you know, left of center and progressives vote for Mary and she'll probably win the special election. I've told people that I think Sarah will get above Begich. Maybe not. Maybe even that one's too close to call. But my prediction is at least for the four and a half month term that fills Don Young's remaining seat tenure. Mary's going to get it. I mean just by the numbers. And you wonder why people I, I, I would vote for her.
3: I, I disagree, but but let me tell you well, why. Who I do you think will win? Up, um I it'll be either Nick or Sarah when when it's all said and done. If and only well, No, I a, mean
1: for the special election. I don't no, mean in no, November. Okay. I mean you that's you that's okay. think yeah, you think on Tuesday that Nick or Sarah will get uh more than 38%. I hope. I hope Sarah does personally.
3: I, I think when you rank when you rank the red, which is the you know the battle cry of the Republican Party, right? If people do that and they vote Nick or Sarah one and two, however they want to do it, and they leave Mary off, and then this isn't me being partisan, and this isn't uh, you know me telling you who to this vote for. This is you
1: pragmatic. Yep. Okay.
3: Yeah, but but if people do what conservatives have been you know asked to do, which is rank the red, what you'll see is Mary near forty and Nick and Sarah both in the twenty, you know, high 20s, low 30s, then ranked choice voting kicks in. As much yeah. as we hate it, that's the law of the land. And as long as people don't not rank and, uh, and only choose one and choose the other one as their two, I think that it'll end up being 52, 53, 47, 48, and that you'll have either Nick or Sarah in, in D.C. That's I my know, prediction. I know. It, it, That's my this prediction.
1: Is, and this isn't scientific. This isn't, folks. This isn't a, an explanation for all of you. But I know three people, one very close. I know three people. And well, I know more than that. I know four oh, see, no more in than total. This. I know four in total. I also know Rick. No, but but I know three. And, and Tom, so I know five. No, I know three people. A separate households, separate everything. One voted for Nick and didn't vote for Sarah. And the other two voted for Sarah right. and didn't vote for Nick and didn't
3: vote for Nick. Yeah. And, and so that, now I'm not that's saying that's that
1: you're problem. going to say, well, that's not a scientific. So what you could say who gives a, you know what, but, but I'm just saying I've, I've talked to a bunch of people and many of them say, there's no way in hell I'm voting for Sarah. And many of them say, there's no way in hell I'm voting for Nick. And, and none of them are voting for Mary, but it's like, Oh man, I have to think about that. You know, do I vote for Sarah and not for Nick, or do I say no? I got to go for the team and vote for Nick. It's very tough. Well, well,
3: let me let me say let me say this: people who are living outside of the reality of ranked choice voting are ruining Alaska's opportunity to elect the right person to Congress.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. If they, if they vote like that, they will. Can you stick with us one more segment? Sure. Oh, man, isn't it beautiful? Sir Richard Whitbeck with us. He was knighted by the Queen many years ago. He was a youth. He was a mime in in the Lower East Side of London. And she said, son, you're good. I hope you stay here. She said, I'll even knight you. And he said, I can't stay here, but I'll take the knighting. And he's been a knight ever since. Rick Whitbeck coming back with us from Power of the Future right here on the Tom Anderson Show.
0: The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Who doesn't love this song? I love it.
1: We're back with Rick Whitbeck. Little dino train. Sir Richard runs Power of the Future here in Alaska. We've been talking about elections. We've been talking about national politics and the frustration with Biden. And you're not done, are you, my friend? What else is bugging you this morning?
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's not necessarily bugging me. I just think it's, it's rich. Um, there's an article in the Alaska Dispatch, uh, and, and it's ridiculous, right? It's, uh, I, I read it this morning. and I thought, are you, are you kidding me? It's um, the Alaska Enviro groups are complaining about the fact that the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, also known as Biden's Green New Tax, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second, is is bad for Alaska. The eco groups are now Tom, four hundred almost four hundred billion dollars in climate spending, Jeez. moving us from a traditional form of energy to um you know wind and solar, which yeah, works well all over the rest of the world. Why why shouldn't we have it, you know, be the 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 foundation for alaska and rick is kidding
1: by the way there's problems with both rampant from germany to solyndra under obama yeah yeah and and by the way you're not knocking the idea of harnessing the power of the sun or tidal or any of those i Uh, know you're not but your point is don't get rid of what we already have especially when there are there are magnitudinal efforts to make Combustion cleaner to make combustion safer to, to to look into you know electric EV vehicles tethered to combustion. I mean I I'm not I'm not going to say that the oil industry are Samaritans. They're not. They're not. But but I mean no. I know that they're trying to right. help and change. Uh, it's not like tobacco where tobacco is not good for you and you can't change that. I guess vaping is a, but I mean, in oil and gas, there are mechanisms through which to make it much, much cleaner and safer. And I think they've installed a lot of those and implemented them. And I don't think they're given any credit.
3: Now, you know, I'm I'm a markets guy, right? I'm a, I'm a markets and a free market guy. I know you are too, Tom. Sure. When, when the market says do something, companies figure out a way to respond to that. Yep. When there's a mandate from the market, when there's a mandate from consumers, when there's a mandate from customers to do X, Y, Z,
1: surprise, X, Y, Z gets done. Yep. Like, like clean so, air, folks, like, like recycling, yeah. like, like making sure that, that the public's paid, uh, you know, employees are, are paid appropriately. I mean, you're right. They do respond. It's true.
3: But you're, absolutely. When, when you start manipulating markets, right? That's the problem. Tax credits for EVs. Well, the 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 beauty of like I mean, let's talk specifically about EV tax credits, and then we'll kind of get right back into the the the, the stupidity. Of you the can talk map. about EV
1: tax credits. By the way, none of us can afford a damn electric vehicle. If you've ever looked right. at the costs, you know the Ford, the the trucks we were reporting the other day, starting at high forties. You know, and you know that's starting that's stock. So it's so, like, yeah, dude, stock. who can afford that sixty well, seventy thousand? I can't. Did
3: you see Ford just came out a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, the Lightning is going to be about eighty five hundred dollars more on average than what we thought when we rolled it out here." You know, fourteen yep, months ago. Yeah, that's what
1: I just so, reported on. Yep.
3: Yeah, surprise, surprise. Two days uh, yep, ago. What, the, what the EV tax credit is seventy five hundred bucks. So, so let's take the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit, ramp it up by eighty five hundred dollars. Do you think? Uh, do you think Americans are actually going to pay? less for that truck? Heck but no, See, up. I
1: didn't know that. I mean, if I reported it it slipped by me, passed by me. So so if someone does get a let's say they get a 35,000, I don't know if there's one that low, but the cheapest electric yeah. vehicle rate out there. Let's say it's 35,000. Will they get 7500 off or does it go down based on the value up, of the vehicle?
3: To. I think it's up, I think it's up to, right? Mm-hmm. So and, but but think about this. I mean, like so that's silly, right? You're manipulating a market. You're manipulating a market with, with hundreds of billions of dollars of subsidies for this new, um, this new, you know, uh, solar and wind program. Now, is that demanded by the the majority of the electorate? No. Is that demanded by the majority of the consumers? No. Who's it demanded by? well, big government, because they need to grow the size of government. It's demanded by, again, like we talked about in the last segment, this um, small but vocal, radical minority of people who believe that the earth is hurtling towards pending doom because of climate. Um, And then the the third group that it's uh, by is foreign companies and foreign countries. They're going to benefit because the U.S. refuses to mine and manufactured domestically. So that's who wants this bill. And again, yeah. all of those groups have their, their talons in the Biden administration, some much deeper than others. And so they got him there. Now it's time to pay the piper. Americans are going to lose on this in so many ways, right? We could talk to IRS agents. We can talk increased inflation. This isn't an inflation reduction act. This is an inflation creation act it's going to increase inflation because you're basically creating money to pay for these programs that aren't in the money monetary supply right now
1: and so what happens? and it's a Go liberal ahead. agenda it's it's an agenda that is anti pretty much anything the GOP wants and that's fueling the fire, no pun intended, correct? I mean, it's the handlers of Biden that are pushing this. It's probably, to answer my question earlier, I'll answer myself. The Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, kiddo that that rises up the ranks and ends up being a U.S. senator, a prominent one, and then VP and then president, these aren't his bright ideas. It's It's his puppeteers.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's the people that got him in power now calling it calling in their chits, and um they know that they're going to get bludgeoned or at least at least most pundits say that they're going to get bludgeoned in november so this is their one and only opportunity to pass this historic climate package make no mistake it's not an inflation reduction package just the green new deal micro level
1: yeah right and it's and, not going to help anybody's pocketbooks, for sure. That's what sucks. Hey, I have a question. I want to get to three headlines and a lie, and you're going to pick which one is not a real headline sure. and the rest are. But I want to I want to ask, how can people follow you? I mean, are, like you have some things you've written that you posted at least one this morning. Do you, you have a blog post? Do you have something that people can follow, Sir
6: Richard? Yeah,
3: cer- certainly com is kind of our catch-all, right? Every blog post, um, media appearances, uh, for myself and Daniel uh, and Turner, our founder and executive director, and Larry Barons, our comms guy, you know we put almost every bit of that up on on uh, the website. We're on Twitter uh, at Power of the Future or at PTF Alaska for me at Daniel Turner PTF for him. um We're on Facebook at Power of the Future. We're on SoundCloud with our Tuesday radio show on this station, the Power of the Future Energy Hour. Um, it's up on SoundCloud.com. Just search for Power of the Future. Uh, every one of those is archived there even the one where we had the tom anderson appearance here a couple months ago and wow. certainly we'll get you we'll get you back on tom because you know that's always good uh, reciprocity if nothing else and, yeah, and no, great conversation I love it, man. no that's um, huge but you know we're trying to be the voice for the energy workers who are who have been under attack from day one of this administration right think about anwar Anwar lease, uh, Anwar lease sale goes through, and day one of the Biden administration, that gets basically put on ice. Um, Keystone pipeline, 11,000 workers. You know, I, I hear all the time, well, really, that pipeline wasn't close to completion. Well, but it was being completed under President Trump. Had he gotten reelected, that would have been completed. Oil would have been flowing to refineries in the Gulf through the Keystone pipeline. And, and more, than, more importantly than that, Tom, 11,000 workers in one swipe of a pin lost their jobs
1: yep and they have how spouses how is
3: that good for america
1: it's not well we we'll, i hope people follow you i encourage them to do so let's get into three headlines and a lie here sure. are uh four headlines and you have to tell me which one is not true tom you can play as well here's the first one he was helping us Investors cheer CEO accused of scamming them. That's a boring one. I don't know why they added that. Here's the next one. CEO posted crying selfie after layoffs to show executives are normal people too. Farmers in Iowa say grasshopper tornadoes are one of the biggest threats this summer, especially in the fall. The WHO, World Health Organization, asked people not to attack monkeys over monkeypox. It's not the monkey's fault. Which one is fake?
2: I'm going uh, grasshopper tornadoes. I'm
3: going, I'm going CEO cries.
1: I thought it was CEO cries. It's grasshopper tornadoes. I'm Thank brilliant. You for playing, guys. Yeah, you're right. Way
0: to go, Saigleman. I thought what CEO would
1: do that. Look at my tears. Okay, Sir Richard, it's always a pleasure. Rick Whitbeck, follow him, folks, and Daniel, power of the future, and he'll be back soon enough. And we'll talk to him maybe the day of the election. That would be cool Rick, to talk about the races. Awesome, thank you, brother. Perfect. Keep Thanks up the mom. good work. You got it. Yeah, but right, cheers, you man. Bye, yeah, absolutely, we appreciate you too. We're going to go to a break. You can call in for next hour three five seven five eight six eight. Tom will take your call. We're so appreciative that you listen to the program. We'll jam pack it with Alaska topics and and politics next hour. So stay with us. Happy Thursday, Tom Anderson Show.
0: This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 f.m. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's Made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Hey,
1: good morning, everybody. Second hour of the program. Happy Thursday, my favorite day of the week, August 11th, six minutes after the hour. Looks to be a moderately cloudy day. I think the sun may peak out. I don't think it's going to rain like anticipated and like we heard a couple days ago. I think the weekend's going to be decent. decent. And I distant, I was going to say, is the state fair, which is forthcoming. And I'm excited about that. Tom Steigman, good morning. How are you, brother?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the state fair this year, too. So a lot, lot of cool acts and concerts and there are. vendors.
1: It's all that fun stuff. Of course the food I was talking when Stephen was in about fair food and what I plan to eat, and I said I wish Tom was here because we could rap and, and exchange notes and you know, the burgers and the fries and the, the chicken wings and the hot dogs and all the true food that we see at you know connected with fair activities is one mm-hmm. thing but there are some real special foods as well what are some that you particularly like that you know you can get a hamburger and fries anywhere that you're like nope i'm going to the fair like an ear of corn or things like that are the things that you just love cream puffs mm-hmm. something that you couldn't get otherwise
2: yeah i uh usually love to pick up one of the elephant ears uh at one of the vendors that's doing that and then uh there's just this uh, garlic Parmesan pretzel. Uh, it's oh, on, the, the shack is located on the Purple Trail, and they do different kind of pretzels in there. They got cinnamon ones and those kind of things. But uh, every single year and anytime I'm at the fairgrounds, uh, even if I go multiple times a garlic, year, I'm Parmesan. always getting I'm no garlic get Parmesan one of those. pretzel. Mm. Yum. I love it. So – I'm going to buy one of those, man. I'll yeah. write
1: that down. And it's on the Purple Trail and it's what is it called?
2: Uh I don't I don't know the name of the of the shack. Um, Anybody know that, that one
1: that sells the pretzels at the State Fair call in 357-5868 357 let us know.
2: But yeah, that's a that's a stop of mine every every single year. Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to one of those. I'll grab one of those before I head into the concerts. So Lila looks for,
1: there's a couple of Filip, Filipino food places now. There's one right by actually where they have the concerts, right by that big field and, and mm-hmm. stage. And that's where the last two years we've gone. I'm like, honey, you cook that every day. You yeah. really want pan adobo <laughs> when we eat that all the time? Okay. Yeah. Are you missing home that all much? Right, well, I'm <laughs> glad <laughs> you said it
2: because I wasn't going to say it. Yeah,
1: Jeez. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, hey, I was looking. I know it's
2: like my wife. We go out to a restaurant. She orders salmon. It's like, honey, I got a freezer full of yeah, it. What are you doing? No, no, I
1: know, I know. People are interesting. Their proclivities for food and and where they get it and and just their familiarity with it. If you have an affinity,
2: well, look, look unless at she's me. saying she doesn't like my salmon, yeah,
1: maybe,
6: maybe that's, that's what sick. it is.
1: Yeah, but I mean, look at me. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get a hamburger and fries. I said that the other day, and I thought to myself, really, when I make delicious, juicy ones here it's probably just getting food at the fair you know to buy cotton candy or a caramel right. apple you could make those yourself it's just more fun to get it it's the ambiance i'm assuming
2: but, yeah my wife will be all over the kettle corn yeah she, she always buys like the 90 gallon bag of that of thing and then we're eating it's, on it forever
1: you're you're set yeah <laughs> i wanted to jump the this story and i posted it on the tom anderson show facebook page yesterday the mayor's office released An announcement yesterday that in partnership with the Anchorage School District, Anchorage, uh, the mayor notified the community about the serious need for bus drivers for the upcoming 2022-23, you know, this fall until next spring a season facing a shortage of 71 drivers. They need to fill positions immediately. Uh, They, they provide a paid training course, CDL certification, all that stuff. And I think it's like just under 21 bucks an hour. And then you get a $2,500 bonus. Now I don't know if, Alaska's news story, news source is going to cover that verbatim. So I'm sorry if it's a repeat, but Tom and I found a clip from Alaska's news source, presumably last night. I don't think it's run this morning covering this. And I just, I want you to be aware because I'm sure in the valley as well and definitely in Anchorage, if, if you want to drive and make decent money, 22 bucks an hour is not bad. Plus that signing bonus. And you know, if you're a good person and care about kids and a good driver, that's definitely something you should consider. And, Tom, if we could play that clip just so folks Good understand. evening,
4: everyone. It's a major impact on families in the Anchorage School District. An announcement today from the district about limited bus service is sure to leave some parents scrambling. As Lauren Maxwell tells us, they're worried about how they'll get their children to school. Well, Maria, classes start next Thursday. And just today, the district told parents that a severe bus driver shortage means they'll be suspending bus routes for up to six weeks at a time. With the first day of class looming next week, the Anchorage School District says the bus driver shortage is critical. Right now, it's 71 drivers short, not nearly enough to get all 20,000 eligible students safely to school.
3: Our current staffing levels indicate that we'll only be able to serve about 7,000 students at any one time. We understand how difficult this will be.
4: The district is reluctantly implementing temporary route suspensions for all but special ed students. The plan is to divide students into three groups that will operate on a rotating schedule. Busing will be provided for three weeks straight, then not at all for six weeks.
3: Our intent at this point was to try to spread it around to help everyone somewhat. It is not a good solution. It is the best of the bad solutions.
4: In addition, bus stops have been consolidated so that children will have to walk further. District officials say the route suspensions will last until they can hire more bus drivers, and a few are on the way.
3: We have about 14 new drivers in training as we speak, and we believe it will be chipping away at this issue as we go.
4: Nevertheless,
5: recruitment takes time.
4: Until then, some parents will have to make other arrangements starting on the first day of school. Now, a big question that has yet to be answered is which groups will start the school year with no buses. The district is urging parents to look to the ASD website for the latest information, but they say that won't be available until Saturday at 5 p.m. Oh boy, Lauren, do, do we have any They have suggestions for parents to get their kids to school? Well, they're definitely encouraging carpooling, and they also remind folks that high school students can ride people mover buses for free. They also said they'll be suspending parking fees for high school students who want to drive, and they may even be able to offer some families gas cards.
1: There you go. Lauren Maxwell, who does an awesome job, she's my fave, and she's been doing the reporting gig for a long time, the roving, Roaming Reporter. Tom, back in the day, uh, I took a bus, and I took a bus Mm -hmm. from Muldoon. They picked me up on, on Pauline and he's second and i would jump on that bus until i could drive and by the end of my sophomore year into the 11th grade i could drive and i had an old burgundy station wagon
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i did the same thing i mean i rode the bus over from uh you know, Elmodorf over to Bartlett when I got to Alaska so, until <laughs> I got the my days. car. Yeah, I
1: hope people apply to be a bus driver. If, if, Like I say, if you care about kids and can drive and get that CDL, why not? It's a great way to make money, and you get that signing bonus. We're going to come right back. Stay with us 14 minutes after the hour. It's Thursday, good day. Tom Anderson Show. Would you see a woman and the kids and the dogs and me? Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four wheel drive, and a country boy can survive.
0: Country folks can survive. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Well, we are back. Good morning, everybody. Boy,
1: we have an election coming up. It is soon, my friends. It is. It's next Tuesday. And you got to deal with the ranked choice voting for the special election. I know it gets confusing. Top four move on for the general election. We have state house races, state Senate races, the U.S. congressional race as well. You're going to be voting for that twice that those seats and then we have the US Senate and the gubernatorial race just a bunch do you think the turnout's going to be good tom or is it like every election cycle probably low
2: um yeah i think this one might generate a little bit more interest and i think it'll be up a little bit uh you know than the averages that we've seen particularly for primary elections so i i hope it works out like that but here's what i want to know is as you go into the voting booth and you have this ranked choice voting thing going on what is the strategy to get your candidate elected i mean how you know what would a tom anderson do or a tom steigelman do when you go in there are you gonna uh i think like rick was alluding to i mean you just uh vote for all red and and nothing else or just one candidate and not the other what do you do well
1: you're are you saying tom tom anderson as an advertising agency manager what i do is i push people with digital with radio going into your stations christian broadcasting kvnt news talk and we tell people hey remember to vote and vote this tuesday and remember to choose me if you're the republican party you say hey don't Choose Mary Peltola, don't even mark her name, pick one of the Republicans, and that's Sarah Palin or Nick Begich, and then mark the other as second, like what Rick's stance sure. was. And then, and then I think, you know, at the voting booth itself, obviously the division of election workers nor, nor like a party official can say anything to the voter or can't harass them or try to, try to pitch them mm-hmm. anything. Uh, not, you can't even have a sign near the election, right? Um, uh, polling place the, in the precinct. So, I mean, but, really, but for argu- marketing.
2: Yeah. But for argument's sake, let's say, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get Sarah Palin elected. I mean, obviously, she's first. Uh, is there a benefit to only marking her on the ballot? Oh, I see. Well,
1: I mean, the that, Repo- that's the
2: analysis. I don't understand that. I haven't thought all the way for through the yet.
1: Republican Party. Mm-hmm. It's it's not advantageous because if you just vote for Sarah and. Someone just votes for Nick and someone just votes for Mary Peltola. She's going to get in the 38, 37, 39, 40% range, and the others are going to split 60%. And so she's going to win. Mm-hmm. So if we went to the traditional way of voting and we didn't bring in ranked choice, yeah, Mary's going to win. So the rationale is if you're going to vote for Nick, Definitely a lot of people listening might vote for Nick. Vote for Sarah second. Don't mm-hmm. leave it blank. Because if Nick doesn't win and Sarah doesn't win, uh, you know, maybe, maybe based on the second voting round, they will. You, if you're a true, you don't even have to be conservative. If you're a true GOP loyalist and, and, you know, value and support the principles of the Republican party and want a candidate that can carry the torch for that, you pick Sarah Palin or you pick Nick Bagich and you mark them as second if, if you you know pick the other one. That's that's how it works. And if you don't, Mary's going to win. If all of us just say, nope, middle finger to the ranked choice for the special election Tuesday, and you and I vote for Palin and someone else votes for Nick and someone else votes for Mary, Mary's going to win. Certainly the special election. right? And if we do that again in the general, Mary's going to win again.
2: Yeah, I just hope, uh, yeah, people don't go just down by that the path because I know how they, you know, people dig in and just like you said, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to vote for this one. There's no way I would ever vote for the other person. Uh, even though, you know, they're both on the Republican side of things. It's like, uh, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you got to make somebody your second pick there. Now, do you, do you just, uh, just do Republicans and no Democrat then? In, the, well, so, in this case, I mean, for you know, assuming you're trying to get GOP candidates elected,
1: I, I have friends that are voting for Sarah and Mary. Mm-hmm. I, I know two that said, Hey, I like Mary, I'm a Republican, there's no way in hell I'm going to vote for Nick. And I said, Well, then just vote for Sarah. And they're like, Nope, all my second will be Mary. Hmm. And I'm like, Really? So That's I've heard that again. Only two people, but right, and different households—not husband and wife, or uh-huh. you know, son and adult son, or something like that. I know two different people that have said that, and they're moderate Republicans. And I, and I'm like, so you're not going for Nick? And I know another person. I, I could go down. I could probably speak to 20 people. I bet you people listening right now, you know, McCabe listens and others, and they're like, well, we're for Nick. So, I mean, there's that side too. Sure. I, I'm loyal to Sarah. So it's hard. You know, I don't really want to analyze voting for Nick Bagage when I'm paying for this show.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, no, I understand. Boy.
1: I mean, and I'm not also Sarah's not paying me to talk. Nick, Nick Bagage can come on the show. We could have 15 callers for Nick Bagage. Phone lines are open three, five, seven, five, eight, six, eight. So, you know, I, I don't think that's going to move the dial. Maybe on my show. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have someone accuse me. I'm peddling for one, you know, for Lisa Murkowski. If Kelly Shabaka wants to come on, she can. If people want to call in and say, hey, I support Kelly Shabaka and her husband, uh, whatever his name is, Nikki Shabaka, as he tosses uh, health director resumes away and doesn't vet them. Uh, go ahead. Call in. No, but, but I mean, three, five, seven, five, eight, six. And if you're like, nope, I don't like either one of them. I like the, the, the Democrats, Chesbro. I like, I like Peltola. I like Les Guerra. Les Guerra has been on the show twice. Call in. So, so, but I have my opinion and I'm going to, you know, intermittently say it. Sure. My opinion is that the right choice uh, to vote and I've lived here all my life born here and I've been in Republican politics all of my life since I could vote. So since 18, actively, actively in Republican politics. I'm a founders club member, help found the founders club member right now, a membership. And, and we support the Republican party for administrative purposes, pay six, seven, I don't know what it is, thousand a year for that. And, and we, we donate, we help, we, we spend time. I have an ad agency and we help Republicans here in Alaska. And full disclosure, I'm supporting Mike Dunlavey for governor. I'm supporting U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, the next appropriations chairwoman for the nation, and I'm supporting Sarah Palin, former governor. I think she'll have the the wherewithal and tenacity and grit to fight against the Alexand- Alexander Cazor Cortez's and Ilhan Omar's and Maxine Waters and Nick Bagage won't. Nick Bannig is a cookie cutter Republican backed by D.C. and Americans for Prosperity is being. I'm very disappointed in Bernadette Wilson with with their very vitriolic negative mailers wasting Americans for Prosperity money, wasting money. That that shows the, someone that some of them doesn't have management prowess and skills. When someone pops in there is never managed, and then they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take our big coffers of money that we can use to help Republicans, and I'm gonna burn it all." up to choose one Republican over another. Nick Bakich is no more Republican than Sarah Palin, and when it comes to fighting, true fighting, Sarah Palin will fight. You don't have to vote for her. Fine, don't. But she will be a far more ferocious fighter in Congress and I think be able to wrangle more Seed money for projects, more line item, uh, you know, fiscal, fiscal allocations for Alaska. I think it'll be reminiscent of Ted Stevens, and I think that she'll get a good team, and that's how I feel. Is Sarah perfect? Is, is, is Dunleavy perfect? Is Lisa Murkowski perfect? Hell no. Nor am I. Nor is the guy opining to you, me. Far from it. But, that's my opinion. And I think in the past and in the future, I will cogently go through why i mean, in Dunlavey with public safety, with, with uh, tackling inflation, his response on COVID. I think we're very, very good. We're, we're in the, in the A range for sure, above 90% if you were to measure and, and or higher. And I think with Lisa Murkowski, you, I know what you're going to say. Wait, she voted to impeach Trump. And she, who, by the way, who's on the hot seat now in New York and Florida with the FBI, but she voted to impeach Trump and she didn't support Kavanaugh. I mean, that's all you got. You might say no, and she leans left on this or that. She's in that ninety-three, four, five, six percent voting. Shabaka ass kisses everyone and says, "Well, I'll be a hundred percent." Well, what? So you just read off the Republican playbook? You don't think for yourself? I want someone with, you know, what? Female. I want someone that that has the 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 gumption to say, "I don't agree. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna buck uh, getting threatened by Republicans, and I'm gonna vote my conscience that I think will help Alaskans." And and so that's what Lisa's done. Again, don't vote for her if you don't want, but don't pick on her like she doesn't have uh, bravery or or tenacity. She does. She's not a, a blindly allegiant follower like some of these union Democrats with labor union, uh, you know, endorsements. And they say, whoever the labor union picks, I pick. Well, that's what Kelly Shabaka is with the Republican Party. Hell, I'm not that much into the Republican Party. Are you? Is the Republican Party a religion? Hell no. So when Kelly tries to pander to you and says, hey, I walk the walk for the GOP. I bleed red, white, and blue. I am. I, she probably has an elephant tattoo. Well, I don't want someone that zombie-ish towards the party. The party gets it wrong sometimes. Trust me. Look at the some of the eggheads that have been elected. I mean, you know, that, that are extreme or are too liberal or that don't fit your paradigm, your model for what's a good GOP member. Don't buy into that. Pick someone based on their merit and what they can do for Alaska. And that latter point is critical for Sarah. It's critical for, for certainly Lisa Murkowski by far. And then with Mike Dunleavy, why get rid of someone doing a great job? I don't get it. I just don't. Why would you say, nope, I want to go back to the Bill Walker days or Les Guerra. We want a Democrat. Give me a break. No way, Jose. What are your thoughts on this? Three, five, seven. Who do you want to? I need to give you a longer number than that. Who do you want in those seats? Three, five, seven, five, eight, six, eight. Stay with us. Good morning. Tom Anderson show.
0: is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: You know what bugs me? Welcome back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show. We're talking about the U.S. Senate race, and I'm talking about campaigns and elections. And here is the thing. First of all, congressionally, who doesn't like Nick Begich on the periphery? I don't know him well, but he seems like a nice fellow. I've talked to him a couple times, He's always been polite to me. He's bright. And politeness is a big deal. Diplomacy is a big deal. Being bright is a big deal. And by the way, guess what? Most of you are bright. You're intellect, so you wouldn't listen to the show. Not because I'm so smart, but I am. And not because I'm so experienced, but I am. And not because I don't have a, a, a pretty solid resume better than most and can speak from, from events and happenings that I've been involved with, with authority, because I can. You listen because we get into news and sometimes into edgy things, but not salacious things like political blogs. We get into the news and we sift through and I encourage you to remember that he and she who writes history makes history and every line item in the budget has a constituency and often political candidates have a self-serving flavor to their intent. It's not all for the good of the cause, including when I ran, it was a little bit of ego or you wouldn't run. I mean, some nerd typically doesn't run for office. Oh, they're out there. And and some selfless Mother Teresa doesn't run. Oh, they're out there. Some of them are out there. Most of them are left of center. They're like an environmentalist who we're supposed to hate. But I'm telling you right now, even if someone's nice, you have to weigh things. For instance, if you want to pick on Lisa and say, look at her votes. I've had a couple of people text me already the same stale stuff. Hey, Kavanaugh, Trump and Deb. Uh, Halland, however you say her name from from New Mexico, the congressional member that ran in and, uh, and then ended up winning. But then ended up and she served a while then ended up uh, Biden, picked her as secretary of interior. Just keep this in mind. She already had the votes. I think Lisa Murkowski was being prudent. I don't know if I would have voted against her either. I would have had to think about that. I wouldn't have voted to impeach Trump or voted against Kavanaugh. But but those aren't deal breakers for me with Halland She's already been here. What, three times And so think about that. It's one of those, hey, I know that you're the other party. I know that you have the votes. I know that you could harm Alaska. Please don't. I'm going to have faith in you and support you that you listen to us, that you visit with us. And she said, I will listen and I will visit. And she's come three times already. I think that's a record for a secretary of interior. That's because of Lisa Murkowski, not our friend Dan Sullivan, who I adore. And so, by the way, Dan Sullivan and Don Young endorsed Lisa Murkowski, sort of Mitch McConnell, Rick Scott, and, and all of them, all of the major headliners are supporting in the U.S. Senate. And if you're to say, well, I don't like them, well, why don't you like Mitch McConnell? He's been a good majority leader. Why on earth? Give me a reason. Don't be a knee-jerker. Don't be a dumbass and say, well, I don't like him because. I mean, give me cogent reasons why. Most of you won't call in, and I don't mean you're cowards. I just mean maybe you're uncomfortable calling in or you don't want to. But but please, tell tell me why. And I don't mean the Daltons, the Fringies, where he's like often he's sniffing glue or drinking some Listerine and then say, okay, I'm out of the garage. Roz, I'm calling in the Tom Show, and he's going to be mad at that. But there's ding-dongy stuff. He has an early... Earned the right to be the the spokesperson for Biden, he hasn't. I have, and so in this capacity as a talk show host, I urge you to look at you know not not the vitriol from like a Fagan, the real douchebags like Dan Fagan. I don't mean that. I'm talking about people that really cogently, assiduously, thoughtfully think about a candidate and. If you think that way, and you look and balance at the diatribes and the net- like the Americans for prosperity and and Bernadette Wilson and team going very insensitively and wastefully against Sarah Palin, why would they do that? Do you think the power's to be the big engine, the big government, the swamp? do you think that they're trying to puppeteer Alaska? Do you think that they are trying to choose their person. Doesn't that hint of special interest? Of course it does. I haven't seen any negatives from Sarah Palin. We've worked with her last couple weeks. Sarah Palin, I'm Sarah Palin. I really wanna bring resource development, responsible resource development to Alaska. I wanna help the workers of Alaska. Hi, I'm Donald Trump, I support Sarah Palin. She really works hard for the workforce of Alaska. She has a true spirit, a genuine fighting spirit. Hi, back to me, Sarah Palin. I live here, for, and you know, now the latest is she doesn't live here. What, because she's celebrity and she's traveled around the state and she had other properties? She lives here. She lives in Wasilla. I see her shopping here all the time. Does she live here every minute? No. Are you really going to tell me? Lend me your ears for a moment. Thank you, Bill Shakespeare. Are you really going to tell me that you're going to pick on Sarah for working and touring and speaking as a former governor of Alaska, as a former vice presidential candidate with the great late John McCain? You're telling me that you're going to pick on her for being out of state intermittently and not pick on Kelly Shabaka for moving here in 2019 and her and her husband getting big fat salaries from the Dunleavy administration because I know the people who recruited her to come back purely to run for U.S. Senate? If she loved Alaska so much, why wasn't her butt here for the last 30 years? She came back here for a purpose, to run for office. So you're going to say, yeah, Sarah's in and out of town speaking and this and that. She's really not a true Alaskan. If you travel out of state, you're not a true Alaskan, really. But Kelly Shabaka is a true Alaskan. She lived in a trailer for a day when she was a kid out a, where'd she go to save or Stellar or whatever, you know, yawn. You want to bore me anymore with that sob, ridiculous story, please? Or do you want to proselytize as a pastor? Are you a person of faith? Good for you. But I mean, if you're a person of faith, do you want to cram that down a voters? uh, Do you believe in the Constitution? Are you going to wrap yourself in the Constitution and then cram your religion down everybody's throats? To me, that's a conflict. I thought that's what the founding fathers envisioned, not to do that. And so kind of right up there with the right to bear arms. We want to protect that, especially with the rattling of sabers from probably real sabers of China and Russia. And, and you know, don't give up your guns, folks. Buy more and be responsible. An armed society is a polite society and carry them around. Please carry them around. I don't carry, but if you carry and you're responsible and someone comes in with a gun to the bank, you can shoot them in the head. And they can drop down and die. And I won't mourn that. I'll be a little weebie from the event, no doubt. But, but then nobody's harmed. I love that. The right to bear arms. Keep it going. But when it comes to the right to have a faith, how many are Mormons? Mormons think Jesus walked around in Missouri. How many are uh, Christian scientists? Aren't they the ones that say, let God heal? You know, you don't need to go to capstone, uh, but you've got a, you know, a festering wound that's going to turn gangrenous. No, God will heal it. And God's like, I, I'm in, I'm I'm not even in your universe right now. The kids are getting molested daily. I'm not meddling in that right now. So I'm certainly not going to help your ass with gangrene. And then that child dies from the Christian scientist. Maybe you're Catholic. I go to Catholic church, Catholic mass, whatever you call it, with Lila all the time out here, Sacred Heart. I love them. But I mean, I don't love what, what, Fathers have done not nur- not. Of course, it's never the nurse. Uh, I almost said the nurse. It's never the nun, isn't it? It's always dudes, typically white dudes, sadly. And, and you know, look at what they've done across the world. So maybe not now. Again, I'm at Catholic Church right there with Dunleavy. Hey, Mike Dunleavy. Hey, John Claprick. Hey, Filipino community. Yay. But but I mean, or, or maybe you're a, a Seventh-day Adventist. What, what are they? They don't like flags. They, maybe you're, maybe you're John Travolta and, and Tom Cruise. You're, um, a Scientologist. You think that the earth was planted, you know, kind of Prometheus. Remember that? Uh, alien, uh, first series of the alien, um, movies. I don't know what you think, what floats your boat, but do you want someone proselytizing the, the antithesis of what Ted Stevens did and was? If you love him and miss him or Don Young, do you want, we want that? I mean, that's what I fear with Shabaka. I don't know her. Well, I've heard her speak. She's okay. She's not a great dynamic speaker, nor is Nick Baggage. But again, you don't vote on them for that. You vote for this. You get this model. I hope it's not though. Who sends you a card that says, please vote. If it's the candidate, that's one thing. If Nick Baggage writes to you, read what he said if if kelly shabaka reads to please read what they said i mean that that's an informed voter but if americans for prosperity writes to you and says don't vote for sarah vote for nick i mean take that with a grain of salt from anybody now you might say well what about the gop i mean again it, it, if there are interest groups writing i suppose read it all before you toss it i'm not suggesting you shouldn't but i am suggesting that you dig a little deeper I'm ticked off. I've worked with the Americans for Prosperity. They probably won't hire us again. I don't care. They shouldn't have meddled in the U.S. congressional race. They just shouldn't have. And I would—that's—it's wrong. And, and I think that you should look at Nick Bagic and, and Sarah Palin for what they're worth and what they can do, and vote accordingly. But don't buy into negatives against Sarah—that she doesn't leave her. That's all you got. Americans for Our Prosperity and Nick Bakich, you're going to go negative. You must be behind in the polls if you're doing that. Same with Kelly Shabaka, a pastor. She's condoning the negative hits against Lisa. She loves them. Well, that's not becoming of a good Christian. Shame on you. So I don't see Lisa going negative. And if she is, it's in retaliation of recent and certainly not from her campaign. It's, it's very frustrating. So I, I just urge you to be educated. If you want to call in 357 5868, one segment ahead, stay with us. Tom Anderson Show.
0: In the burning hot, just about to burst. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back, Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. Boy, we're getting into the
1: hot and heavy on this. I tell you, talking about elections and candidates and who you vote for. Tom, do you think negative branding, negative advertising, like what, what's what been done by Americans for Prosperity against Sarah, do you think that works? Saying, hey, she doesn't even live here. I think it was them, or maybe it was from Nick Baggage. One, they, They've both been negative, mm-hmm. but but do, do you think that hints that you're behind in the polls, or do you think that hints that you're worried about someone? You know, Tom Steigman's running for office, I'm running for office, and you say, well, Tom Anderson since dumb versus this is why you should vote for me or i say tom steigerman's too tall and this is why you should vote for me it's like that's what you have versus talking about your own agenda don't you think that's unbecoming and voters don't like it
2: yeah i don't think uh you know voters definitely don't like those personal attacks you know no doubt about that um you know bringing up somebody's uh, you know, because they're traveling for work or something else like that. I mean, take Palin and her celebrity status. Uh, you know, I travel for work quite a bit. Yep. I go out of state. Does yep. that make me not an Alaskan? No. Nope. You know, because of, of that, not. I got I got business that I gotta go take care of. Um and you know, so Sarah I leave the state fairly states. often. What about all of your friends who are snowbirds? Are yep. they not Alaskans who because they only come up in the summers? Uh that, that might be a Maybe a better argument. But <laughs> and, and,
1: and by the way, what's wrong with making money? If Sarah's going around exactly. speaking or on TV, that's her business. That yeah. doesn't mean that she's not Alaskan.
2: I mean, take, uh yeah, you, know, you go back to the NBA days, and I know this was a while. Take uh, Trajan Langdon or Carlos Boozer. Were they not Alaskans because they were playing in the NBA? Great. That's a great you know? point. Uh, I mean, those guys traveled around for years, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're from Alaska. Pure Alaskans. Love them. You know, uh, how long were they out of state? I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I get it. And then what about groups from out of state from D.C. helping one candidate or another? Do Do you agree with me that they should not jump like with Americans for Prosperity? They should not jump in. And I think the Republican Party shouldn't jump in races where there's a you know like like you've got uh what do you have i'm thinking of some of the candidates where where you've got a couple republicans against each other mm-hmm. uh, here's a good one um scott out here clayton running for for state senate where you know the the rattling is and i didn't even hear there was a district meeting but that they're going to endorse the incumbent david walker in a new it's a newly aligned district why would they endorse the incumbent David, David, whatever, what's his name? I already forgot his name. David, uh, Wilson. Why, why would they, I always want to call him Walker. David Wilson. Why would they endorse him over Scott Clayton when Scott's a, a fine Republican, uh, disabled Marine veteran out here in the valley, entrepreneur, walks the walk, Christian. The, I mean, I don't know how you measure good Republican, but, but he, he, he should get the endorsement equally to David Wilson or they shouldn't give one. And I don't know why. And then, and then with Nick Baker and Sarah Palin, stay out of that one. You got two solid Republicans. Mm-hmm. Stay, you know, one with way more credentials than Sarah. But, but stay, you know. I don't get it. Why meddle unless there's a special interest or lobbyist or behind it something? I mean, it's suspicious. It just is. It's suspicious. With Sarah Palin, if you don't want to vote for a don't, but don't buy into nonsense. Just don't. If you think that Nick Bagich, you know, with his resume, which I don't think is remarkable, I don't. I don't. Certainly not compared to mine, and I'm not running. Certainly not compared to Tom Steigelman's and he's not running. Certainly not compared to many of you listening. Many of you, I know who listens. People are texting me right now. You, you have a superior resume to him. You didn't file for office. He did. So we're going to scrutinize that. It's not personal. You could say, "Well, no, it's personal." You said he has an unremarkable resume. Well, that's my subjective opinion, but 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 it's not inappropriate to look at someone's credentials. You get a regulator or the mayor of Wasilla, vice presidential candidate isn't. I suppose you can't tout that, but you could tout governor of Alaska, and you say to yourself, "Okay, you know, people voted for fair and square. She wasn't appointed. I mean, she was as a regulator, but not on the others." I just I get frustrated with, with uh, the stick. And, and it's because of big money. It's because mm-hmm. of special interests. It's because of agendas. It's because of power brokers involved and, and really having to have one person win over another. And that's where I like to have the bird's eye view from mar- the marketer's perspective to say, who's running, what, where, and who are we going to help and why? And it's definitely not about the money. I can guarantee it's not about the money because I've turned down a couple races of recent and and I'm not going to say who where, what in Alaska and out of state. But there's a, a couple that have been big money and I don't care about the money. By the way, if China hired us, I'd decline. If if a Muslim faction tried to hire us, I'd decline. If Hillary Clinton hired us, I'd decline. Uh, you know, it's just it's not going to happen. So I've declined, you know, cannabis entities. And I would have to really think long and hard for my firm to jump into there. I don't get into the mix of pro-choice and pro-life. Um, if an anti-LGBTQ entity called, I wouldn't do that because I don't think that's right to pick on someone with preferences. You know, now, now legal issues there and forcing certain things there and parental rights there. I'm on the side of, uh, of the person that, that wants, um, you know, like to access their kids records for sure. Or, or I'm on the side of the guy that makes the cake that says I'm not making a cake, uh, for, for two females, um, kissing and getting married. I just, that's against my religion if that's against his religion that don't make him do it but but i'm not one to antagonize and bully the lgbtq community and I have a lot of friends from that community or enough I, mean, I don't know about what's a lot 10 15 20 but i mean you know acquaintances and i just i think it's hurtful and and you know if you're so religious that you're against it what they're going to go to hell when they die or something so so if that's how you believe then god will take care of it If you're not bothered by it, you know, don't get too reactionary, right? They'll burn in hell for eternity based on some of your views. So, you know, you can live in that world and so be it. I don't think that's going to happen. And so welcome to the world of opinions, right? Talk shows are meant, in my opinion, to educate to give news updates, of course. Hey, don't drive this way. It's going to snow tomorrow. Please be safe. Like I say, God bless. Drive safe. I'm mean, going to have my little uh, slogan when I leave or, or uh, uh, mantra. Um, you name it, there are opinions across the board. And I think everybody's opinion deserves merit unless it doesn't. And that's where if you get mean-spirited, I guess you still have a right to opinion, but you can take it too far. And we see that in political messaging and branding more often than not. And that's where people disrespect the process. But here's the other thing. Everybody has a different life, right? Some of you, we've talked about this with your kids. And and I'm sorry to be blunt. Some of you have loser kids. Is that your fault? Is that genetics? You you mated with someone and you created a kid that's stupid. It's rare. But I mean, we do have that. Some of you procreated kids, you know, and, and what happened? They're psychopaths. Probably very minimal amount of those of you listening, just because if you're engaged and thoughtful, you probably have got your kids help if they're that bad or medicine or something, or they're just not that bad, but out there, there are, there are people that don't engage, that are biased, that are racist, that are judgmental, that are overly religious, that are not religious. Welcome to the voting electric. And by the way, to answer some of Tom Steichenwald's questions earlier today, how do you reach them? There's not an exact calculus. It's not an exact specified science. It's like, I'm like a doctor on this stuff and not that I'm that, that important or notable. But I mean, we, we do look at it almost as a physician or scientist mindset when we, when we calculate how to brand for someone, whether it's nonprofit, government, business or candidates. How do you reach the voter? What voters do you reach? We'll talk about that in future shows. What's the demographic? How can you geo target them? The best way is go to their door and say, hey, I'm Tom Anderson, I'm running for office, here's information in my card, can I get yours? That is truly the best, that's how people win, can't do that as a president or governor, too many homes to go to. And then the next best is to get them to look at your website, information, you know, you're on a radio ad, go to my website, digital ad, go to my website, Facebook, look at a post. And, and maybe it's to see who endorses them or who doesn't, maybe it's to see how many yard signs they have. Probably not. Don't go based on that. I mean, what if it's a KKK member and they have four neighbors that are KKK members with signs? I mean, you don't want to judge based on that. So, so there's just a lot of moving parts when it comes to branding for candidates, but I urge you to educate yourself and dig deeper than just a mailer. A lot of the mailers you throw away. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Man, politics, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because they end up statesmen and governors and mayors and lawmakers, and it can affect you to the smallest degree or to the biggest degree. So you got to be an informed voter. Be educated. Folks, enjoy your Thursday. Charlie Kirk is next up. I really hope you have a great day, whether it's suns or shines. I love this song for that reason. Drive safe out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow, TGIF tomorrow, and God bless. I'll-
5: know that you can lend a helping hand because it's good in everyone and a new day has begun you can see the morning sun if you try and I know things will be better oh yes they will fatigue oh man the man yes they will fatigue oh man